The following podcast is a Dear Media production. You know those things you are too embarrassed to talk about when it comes to dating? Like when to say I love you, how to define the relationship. Well, We Met at Acme touches upon all of those subjects and more, and we get right into it with our guests and talk about their dating lives and also what not to do when it comes to dating because we're all kind of confused together. So you can tune in every Sunday to We Met at Acme and maybe you can learn a thing or two while I learn a thing or two. Welcome to That's So Retrograde, friends. Welcome. I hope you're doing well. Are you doing well, Elizabeth? I am doing well. I'm just, you know, the tech difficulties of a retrograde never cease to surprise me. For those listening, we just tried to do a Zoom on three different devices and uh, none of it was working. So Mercury, if you're listening... Take a goddamn seat. (laughs) We see you. It is actually, I think, you know, as you guys know, we're taking some time off. So we're recording this in the midst of retrograde. I believe this is going to be out right at the end. That's right. So we're future tripping. Hopefully all went well. Yeah. By the time that you guys hear this, hopefully nothing else has gone awry. But with the way things are going these days, um... I wouldn't bank on it. (laughs) And with that cheery opening, let's talk about who's joining us today. (laughs) Also, we forgot to introduce ourselves. For those of you just tuning in, I am Stephanie Simbari. I'm Elizabeth Cott. We're so excited to be here with you today. We really are. Tech difficulties or otherwise, we will make it happen. There's one thing 2020 has taught us. It's roll with the punches. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just Bob, weave, adjust. Figure it Pivot, out. Pivot. Step ball change. Yeah. Potaboo Ray. I was thinking of that. I was like, what's the other one? <laughs> <laughs> really excited for this show that we have here today because we are interviewing someone that had a very significant creative experience with back in 2015. Actually, I think it began in 2014, if I'm being if I'm really backtracking. My heart just sunk at the thought of, I thought that was a year and a half ago. Are you being serious? Yeah. I, I can't tell if it feels like yesterday or 10 years ago, but like the actual timestamp of it being like a 2014, 2015 thing is like tripping me out. I think it was 2014. I think so too. And then it started airing, I remember in April of 2015. Right. So if you've been with us on this show since the beginning, you guys are familiar with, the the oxygen star that is Stephanie Simbari, but unfortunately she was not able to maintain her stardom on the Oxygen Network because they went full true crime after her show Funny Girls. There's still time for me to become a serial killer. Things have yet to be revealed. We don't know what the rest of this year will bring us. True, 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 true. I may be driven to kill. (laughs) Pot of beret, stab you in the throat. (laughs) So this show, Funny Girls, was you were cast with a number of women. um, Five other women. Didn't really know one another. Nicole Amy Schreiber, who joined us last month on the show, was also a cast member of yours. Wow, we're really taking a tour through Funny Girls. I, in particular, was a fan. I loved seeing you guys up there. And I thought you and Yamanika, who's joining us today, had the best chemistry. Where is the spinoff? Did you need to kill somebody to have that be a thing? I don't know who's more on the edge of murder, me or Yam, at this point. <laughs> maybe both. Maybe we should be like a Bonnie and Clyde, a That's Bonnie and Bonnie saying. type situation. Oxygen. Double Scorpio, double murder. This is turning dark. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I met Yamanika uh, when we were filming Funny Girls and we really, we we found we had the same birthday and a lot of similarities. And I just, you know, we we didn't know each other. And once we started filming together, it became clear that we needed to share the screen more because our dynamic was fun. And I think we really gave and took from each other in really balanced ways. Like she really showed up for me and I really showed up for her. And it was just like, 
the most fun to to share that experience with her and and, and that's our my friendship with her is one of the reasons why I'm so grateful to have had that experience brush with reality TV stardom you mean look it happens to the best of us um <laughs> you haven't lived until you're at least in the background of a reality show if you're not adjacent to someone on Bravo who even are you you know and since that time her comedy career has just exploded. She's everywhere. She's had a half hour special. She's had a Netflix special. She's had, she's been on Broad City and she's been on Crashing and she's been on Laugh Mob. And she's just done like, she's just undeniably so fucking funny and such a strong voice. And oh, there's a hummingbird at my window. Hi. I'm just so stoked that she's here with us today, aren't you? I'm thrilled. So Without further ado, I believe we're going to cut to a little Marshall and then get right into our our convo with Yum. Without further ado, Miss Yamanika Sander. All right. We are so excited today because we have one of my favorite comedians, one of my favorite humans. She was a co-star of mine on Funny Girls. I Googled your credits because I was like, I feel like she stays fucking working and you have played yourself more times than I'm pretty sure Madonna has. <laughs> Without further ado, we have Yamanika Saunders, or as HBO and Comedy Central credit her as, just straight up Yamanika. <laughs> Coolest thing. Yay. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, everybody cast me as as me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I'm enough of a character. Yeah. Always like, even when I did Broad City, the character wasn't even me, and they still, that was still, my name was still Yamanika. And I was in, I, and I don't know why I didn't get involved in changing it because I was in their punch up room. But why would you? It's a great name. I guess, I guess. Yeah, it is a great name. I guess, I guess, you know, you just want to, you still want to be like, oh, I played Lady in Distress or something like that. You I know, because I, I feel like people, that, people don't know it about you, but you're like a real actress. Like you like care about acting, like the craft. Classically trained in the theater. I know. <laughs> and I get it because, you know, I listen to the baby. <laughs> <laughs> now you think I'm hip, too hip to be square. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I was a, I was a very much an introvert as a kid and I wasn't necessarily mean or nasty, but I definitely didn't speak to people that I didn't want to speak to. So they, my family thought I had a problem, you know? So my mom enrolled me in theater classes when I was very young. So I started taking acting classes when I was three. Wow. And, you know, I just wouldn't shut up in class and they were <laughs> so excited about it. But very early on, even with theater, I just kept with theater because I wanted to have the training and the understanding. I do love acting, but I've always been interested in theater. <coughs> I have no idea. It's probably the celery juice that I had. Celery juice. Wellness. <laughs> no, but they also poopness. It makes you poop. I know. I can't do celery juice. It makes me nonstop shit all day, every day. It's all day. Like You'll be like, oh. and then like, you have some water behind it, like activates it, like, <laughs> it's never done that to me. What? And if anything, it's the opposite. Well, you might be clean. You might be super clean. Might not have anything to threat. Like if it goes down my system, it's pulling like a mudslide of shit. <laughs> Just like yank, you know. It's like, oh wait, we ain't got enough. Send reinforcement. It's like they ain't got enough. That sounds. I want that. I want to know about how you guys met and kind of like your your friendship tale. A long, long time ago, we were cast on a docu-series. <laughs> and I was the last one to get cast. You were? Mm-hmm. I was the last one because the it had, they had been looking for girls in rotation for a long time. It went They went through a lot of girls. Yeah. I heard nothing about it, honey child. I was like, nobody called me. Nobody rapped on my window pane. <laughs> and then I had just done Last Comic Standing. And I had a tape from that. Like they had done a, um, they had put me up on the, this was like when Hulu was kind of really starting to pop off. Yeah. And, and they were coming on Hulu and they put up my clip and they gave me a copy of it. And I knew that I had been working with some people at Oxygen, which is also a part of NBC Universal. That's right. I was like, let me send over an email. So I sent it, 
an email and the clip over to Christine Cowan, who we love. Love. Who was the president of talent and development. I had just done like a pilot thing with her, but it didn't go. And I was like, oh, just to remind you, I'm still around. And I had this clip. And she was like, oh my God, I think I have something for you. Like right away. Like I just did the thing like 10 a.m. I think she got back to me by noon. Wow. And I, and I was like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, do you have representation? And I was like, yeah. But I barely had representation. And they were like, oh, this thing is happening, something. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, you may have to move if it works out. I was like, I'm not leaving New York. I'm not going back to Los Angeles. I mean, Steph knows how I feel about LA. And I'm sorry, I apologize. But it's too much alfalfa sprouts and sunshine. Like, I need rain. I need some mud. I need to, like, go out of my house and be concerned. Like, am I going to get mugged? I need (laughs) somewhere where I'm on my toes you know, at all times. And so I was like, no. And then I wound up speaking to a few more people. And like two days later, I was on the show. How that all, like where they came about. But what was interesting about the show is that like, it wasn't like a six strangers move into a house and befriend each other and try to take over comedy. It was It was like these people had to decide how to make us fit together. And it was really just like a roll of the dice. Like there was... In the beginning, there was just random scenes trying to see, like, who had chemistry. I only knew Nicole, really, and, like, Esther a little. I didn't know anybody else. Maybe I knew Khalees, actually, from doing stand-up in New York. I think I did. But anyways, we were just put together because of a scene at Khalees' house. And I remember you getting in the elevator, and I was so fucking scared of you because you had no time. Like, you were like, why the fuck am I here? Are we shooting this scene? Like, you had so much happening. And I was just like, I want to be like this person who doesn't try to like make friends. (laughs) Like, you were not trying to, you were just like, I'm here. And I was like, okay, this is incredible. But then once we started to get into it together, we fell deeply in love, learned that we had the same birthday. And then that was like, then, then we became like, kind of one of the main buddy comedy parts of the show where we like really grew together. First of all, my demeanor is always this. I am a loner, even though people don't think that I am. And I don't get involved with people. I'd rather people get involved with me because I'm I'm very specific. Yeah, I like that. I respect that. Not a people pleaser, this one. I've had it, you know, but because of that, sometimes people do want to be my friend because they think I'm like, Oh, mysterious. And oh, there's must be something hidden behind the thing. And it's just like, yeah, no, girl, I just probably don't think we're going to get along. And I'm not going to waste time, but if we're working together, hi, you know, that's always just to protect my spirit because I have, like I said, when I was a kid, I was very specific about who I involve my energy with, tangling my energy because I'm sensitive as a person. I'm, I'm not perfect but I'm pure, right? So I can't get tainted with a bunch of people's nonsense and trickery and fuckery because I already got my own shit that I'm trying not to, that I'm constantly checking my own self on. And yeah. I can really vibe with like vibes, right? Totally. And that's, you know, what it is. And I keep myself busy. I don't go, I, I don't like going any place and being seen, you know? I'm like, I'm going somewhere. They're like, oh, you didn't even say hello. I didn't even know you were here. Yeah, what's up? But I like really like that because I feel like you do conserve a lot of energy by not trying to please other people and you just do your thing. And then the people that are attracted to you are the real ones. Like there's no question about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think everybody like scared of me at some point, right? Because to be fair and not to put anybody in any type of category, but sometimes, you know, the imaging of Black women already is just like, oh, she's going to be aggressive. Oh, she's going to so-and-so-and-so. And and on top of I'm big. And oh, I'm stomping in. I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, uh, uh-uh-uh. So I I understand people like, oh, am I going to be able to work with her? And then everybody's just like, well, damn. Like, at the very least, they're like, man, I had a really great time working with Yamika. Because when I really like people, I'm really open. And yeah fun and just chill. Oh, we can't do enough shit together. We can't talk enough. We can't hang enough. I think we both want to know how it's been in New York for you because something something that that I've been talking about with people is like realizing like the people that you like kind of fuck with during this time are like 
really those are like your friends. And there's so many, so much less noise and so many less people. So you're really seeing like who you're truly kind of in alignment with. What's it been like out there during this time? I mean, we have our flaws as obviously everybody does, but we have such a great community comics that are in New York and living. And I guess because we're so pedestrian, you understand, like, we're not really jumping into cars and alienate. We're like, let's get an Uber together. You know, let's walk and meet up here. Let's, it's so much getting. So we've all been finding spaces to go out. And like, I live around the corner from Pat Brown, who's a comedian, very funny comedian in New York City. And her and I have been social distance walking and hanging out. And before it got to curfew, she was coming over here sitting on one end of my couch. I was on another end watching Real Housewives of Atlanta, you know? The and best so, one. Such a good season. <laughs> yeah, we, we were like, girl, and then we got the curfew and I was like, damn, I don't know if I can have you up in here. <laughs> Do stuff like that. Like I said, I've been playing Fortnite. It just, it's been really difficult in New York City because we were, we are the COVID hub and you don't know, like, I haven't been out during the day and like maybe three months, three or four months. And I go out at night when it's really quiet and it gets down to like, I don't have to interact with people in the elevator. And I literally have been hanging with my doorman every night, you know, and sometimes I get nervous. Like, I don't want to go down every night. You know what I mean? But I'll just be like, I'm, I'm there with him from like three to five o'clock in the morning. And we're just talking because I haven't been out and I haven't had any real like human to human interaction, like where somebody's actually in my space. It's been tough. It's been tough, but it's also been like, there have been people you reach out to that you're like, oh, you know, I want to check up on this person. I want to do this. We've been opening up. People have kind of been going out. Some people haven't. I think some people thought they had COVID and was like, oh, okay, I've had it. So now I can go back into the world. But New York is not the same. Like right now, it's not the same. Like you can go out like any time of night, or day, you could go out and there would be somebody walking on the street. Like, you are hard-pressed to see people, especially when we were on that lockdown like that. Nobody was on the streets. You know, it's almost like the earth, the weather is, like, clearer because it's like there's no toxins anymore. Like, there was a bird. looked like he was crip-walking across my wall, you know, window. It's like they're all, the, every, the environment's happy. The, the trees are, like, happy. So the environment and the earth here is happy. I think everybody else is probably like a little sad. As you guys know, we're big into reading labels and we do it with everything from the food we buy to the beauty products we use. And that is why we love Native so much. They have an aluminum-free deodorant that we have long loved, but now they're Plastic-free deodorant is made 100% from paperboard and zero plastic and is even shipped in a plastic-free bag made from 100% recycled paper. And Native, their goal is to be completely plastic-free by 23, which is an initiative that aims to provide sustainable packaging options for all of their products by the end of 2023. Snaps for Native. This is what I like to see. We've been fans before. Our fandom is leveling up with Native. Guys, again, that is nativedo.com slash TSR, code TSR, plastic-free packaging. Sign us up. Now back to the show. We're seeing in culture the areas in which toxic masculinity, we'll just call it that, is getting exposed and unearthed and taken down. And you know, as comedians, like that was the whole premise of Funny Girls. Like, what's it like to be a woman in comedy? And, you know, and we were always like, it's like being a comic. Like, stop fucking asking me that. Like, it's so, it becomes a very tiring question. But in reflection, and I'm sure you can speak to this, you do realize that so much of the person that you became and who you presented yourself was a reaction to a structure that was not necessarily uh, fostering your femininity. Let's let's just say. Sure, absolutely. So I kind of want to have you speak on just like the experience of 
seeing what you're seeing come down in comedy and like, what are your thoughts on that? Me personally, I'm not into seeing all the female comedians just attack all the men. I don't think that's going to help the situation at all. Yeah, I think for context, what we're talking about is as of late, and we spoke on this in a previous episode, Stuff With You, was that of a lot of male comics being called out for inappropriate behavior for so long has just kind of sort of been a part of the machine of, you know, recognition you kind of get to do and slide into whoever's DMs and all of that. So yeah, really interested in your take, Yamanika. My take is definitely going to be different because there's so many layers. I think before we talk about, we have to talk about what femininity is and who's allowed to be feminine and who's allowed to be protected under the auspice of of feminine energy, most certainly not black women, right? We've been out of that circle for a long time. You know, we're seen as masculine in a lot of ways, a lot of regards. I mean, they're just now releasing things that I think we knew just growing up, things that we heard from our families about how black people weren't even considered people to feel pain, right? So they have all these studies out now that You know, they would do all these experiments, especially during slavery on black women without anesthesia, because the whole idea and concept is that we didn't experience pain the same way that white women did. So I've never um, attached myself to any of these sort of like movements. Right. Because I never thought that they really covered me. And um, because I have been I have been sexually harassed and inappropriately touched by male comics a lot. And if I was to say that and I was to come out and say, oh, so-and-so did this and so-and-so did that, people would not look at me as a victim. They'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah I mean, you run around, you say this, you do this, you blah, 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 blah. Oh, sure. You know, we, we categorize who gets to be victims and not victims. When we first came out with the, the, the term believe all women, I said that was very problematic, Right. Because you can't believe all of anybody. It's not the messaging that I think women should be push, putting forward either. It's the same thing when, when people say, oh, now we have all this race stuff and now black people want to be treated. But no, no, no. Black people just want to not be disrespected and not murder. How about that? So just for asking for the human decency, right, doesn't mean that I'm expecting preferential treatment from you. And I think that as a woman saying at the minimum, I don't want you to disrespect me by touching my person without asking me. Or if I tell you I'm not interested, attack me. That is, or if I say that somebody did something to me, that at the very least, you listen to me to make an assessment on whether you believe me or not and not be dismissive of me in the very beginning when I say something. I think both sides have to take responsibility. I have male comics that I have seen. I've been in comedy for 20 years. I was doing comedy when I was 16. I'm in my 40s. I've seen it all. I've seen it before, like, when people don't care. People don't care. I've seen all kinds of shit. I've seen men do reckless shit. and And I've pulled guys to the side. And I've said, stop doing that shit. Oh, she doesn't care. I don't give a fuck. I care. And it don't look right. And I've also said to women, stop doing that. Stop coming over here, sitting on this guy's lap, trying to touch him, doing all this inappropriate shit. You're trying to be a fucking comic. It has to be boundaries on both sides. And we just get into a pissing contest where guys are like, oh, now I can't hug anybody. That Shut up. That's not what people are saying. Or girls saying, well, he looked at me. It's like, stop, girl. Come on, you know. But we're not in a a time or a space where people want to listen because people on the side of oppression, whether it be women or uh, minorities, and I'm saying minorities for lack of a better term, people of color, you know, different religions, sexualities, have had people on a very specific side put knees on their neck for a long time. And so now they're over auto-correcting and it's causing a problem. Not even that I give a fuck about what it causes for the other side that's being auto-corrected, but it's auto-correcting in an incorrect way for the people that need justice because it starts to, when we over-correct, we start to throw people out in in the pasture. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example, very quick example. I went to a restaurant. I've talked about this in my podcast. I've talked about this in other places. I encountered a woman who was trans, right? 
Um, but I didn't know she was trans. I didn't know she was transitioning. She had breasts. She just was, she was dressed like a blue grass singer. I mean, you know, like I don't, I'm, I'm, I understand LGBTQ. So you can't, I'm not just going to assume because you are dressed like a man that you're considering, you could be, you could identify as lesbian. Maybe you're trans, maybe you're a pre-op post. I don't know. I'm waiting for you to give me the information that you need that I need to determine who you are and how you want to be addressed. So it became a whole thing. The woman was very nasty and we got into a back and forth and she tried to make it like I was transphobic. Right. And she didn't, then this weirdly enough, this story carried to where I ran into her in one of the gayest places on earth when I was spending a couple of days with my friends on fire Island where I've worked for seven years prior doing drag shows, being a part of the pool parties, walking around naked, just free with all my friends. And, I, and that's, not, that's not me saying, oh, I have gay friends. That's me saying, bitch, I'm at the gay party. <laughs> okay? All right? I'm at the barbecue. <laughs> okay? So, in, but in, in the process of that, it was that we had a, we had a, we were two people that just didn't like each other. I couldn't stand how she, I, she was a serve well, she was a hostess slash manager at this restaurant I went to. And she made a big deal because I walked in without my friend who was right outside the door and she didn't want to seat me because she had to wait for my entire party to get there on a two, slow Tuesday when there were nothing but seats available. And if you could sit one, two people, you can sit one person, right? Because it's like there, there's, two ta- there's two seats. And my friend was right there on the phone. So I didn't like her attitude. She was very nasty to me. I don't fuck with you, bitch. It don't have nothing to do with whether you male to female trans, whether you post pre-op trans, whether you LGBTQ at all. What happens is when we start to overcorrect, right, you have people that are on your side that either ain't catching up or don't like you, right? And then everything becomes a, oh, you're, you're against my, the whole mission of, no, 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 It's still some people on this side that just don't fucking like each other. But that doesn't mean you got to excommunicate this person over here with these motherfuckers because when you do that, you, you just add fuel to, to shit over here. When people ask me about Candace Owens and they're like, how could Candace Owens say the things she says about black people without blinking an eye and she's one of the blackest people, like it's, she's dark. She like like some, oh, I thought she was white. Oh, she could have been Pocahontas in her school play. This bitch is black. She's black. And people go, how could she do it? I, I'm telling you, somebody overcorrected in somewhere in her life and she didn't think she was black enough to be on this side and she found one opening over here and she jumped over there with reckless abandon. That is someone who has been tainted by their own environment and we have to be very clear about making sure we hold people accountable, but also having the bandwidth to say there, we're giving you margins of rooms of growing and error and understanding. And we're also giving room for the fact that I might be fighting alongside somebody that I can't fucking stand. My personal opinion about you is not greater than our collective goal to have betterment for this cause. Take a break. I am daydreaming of the moment that Steph and I can go back to this location. We're talking about Miraval Resorts and Spas. They're more than just a luxury hotel. Each Miraval experience sets you on a wellness journey where you learn how to create a life in balance, heal the whole self, and engage in the present moment. Through a wide array of activities and workshops, ranging from yoga and meditation, outdoor adventures, equine activities, sustainable living workshops, cooking classes, private sessions with well-being specialists like counselors, nutritionists, astrologers, energy healers, and more, Miraval Resorts helps to guide our path to balance and wellness. And it is one of my favorite places on the planet. It's literally like if that's a retrograde exploded into the real world and you could just do all the things that you want to do when you're Right, with like show. luxury sleeping quarters. Yeah, it's like so <laughs> luxurious. The food is so good. The spa is on point. They have 
actual like grief counselors and things like it's really for every level of any healing journey, even if that healing journey is just like needing a weekend retreat just from like right. your life. They now have three properties. They have their flagship Miraval in Arizona and Tucson where we were able to go. We did so Dreamy. many fun things. Then they've also opened their uh, second property, which is in Austin, Texas. Elizabeth and I have also spent some time in Austin. We love it there. Austin is the sure do. great time. And then the, the new location is an all-inclusive in Lenox, Massachusetts. It's opening on July 15th. It is called Miraval Berkshires. And for that, we are providing a special offer to retrograde listeners. Honestly, you guys, if you're in driving distance to Massachusetts and you're looking for a way to unwind during this time, head over to Miraval Berkshires. You will be so happy. If you're not quite ready to travel yet, what's really awesome is our promo code retrograde. You'll receive 25% off your next wellness getaway at any of the Miraval resorts and spas whenever you're ready to travel again. So the promo code is valid for stays now through April of 2021. Mm -hmm. So you're going to head on over to miravalresorts.com. That's M-I-R-A-V-A-L resorts.com. And you will enter the code retrograde at checkout to receive 25% off. So again, that's miravalresorts.com. Check out with promo code retrograde and treat yourself to a relaxing therapeutic, revitalizing experience. Now back to the show. <laughs> the cancel culture and the way that we can't, people can't express opinions that are in any way challenging because then it, then they're not allowed to have any, it just, it takes something out of context and it completely ruins the message overall. And canceling people gives no room for dialogue or conversation or learning or growth. And when I look at comedy, I get afraid that cancel culture is going to ruin comedy. I mean, listen, I think cancel culture probably ruins comedy, unfortunately, for white males, maybe white females a little bit. But I mean, it's the, the business has already been for them and built for them. Now they get to experience what it feels like to be a person of color or a woman or double minority, a woman of color. Good. Bye. You know, it's like, go figure it out. You've had your dick out for a long time. We just ask you to tuck it in. Everybody else, I think, will be like, fine. The difference between somebody saying that I think what the police are doing is just fine, right? Or they're having a few hiccups, but it's fine. You know, they're doing their job, you know, blah, 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 blah. There's some room for understanding maybe there. Right. And, and this is an extreme case, because even to be honest with you, I don't believe anybody who can't understand what's happening like racially in this world and they see what's happening with the cops. As a black person, I just don't have time for you. But I'm just for everybody else who has time to entertain it. There is some room to maybe speak to that person and say, listen, he, this is happening. That's happening. This is happening. And this and you could maybe people go, oh, OK. Oh, oh I didn't see that way. Oh, I understand. OK. Versus somebody who takes a look at, at that cop with his knee on, on George Floyd's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds and go, he did nothing wrong. The cop did nothing wrong. Those people are the people that are on the other side that you don't need to touch because they don't want to be touched. Some other people, you might be able to, there's tears going into these things, right? So there's some people in the back you're just not going to get. I'm actually taking this time to not speak so much because I always spoke about race. Everyone's like, oh, I said, yeah, I never experienced life. I don't remember life before remembering that I was black because I dealt with race and shit when I was a kid. So you don't get like some people that don't deal with it until they go to work for the first time. They go to college and they're like, oh, this is weird. You know, oh, woo, woo, wow. I was already like, okay, motherfucker, get ready because your shit is, you know, it's getting ready to crash into the ground because it's it, it's a blow to a person's self-esteem when they cannot be treated like a fucking human being. And so the only way that I can make sure that I don't get my shit rocked is I don't get involved in it. 
I don't get involved in it. So listen, if I get pulled over by the cops or some shit until shit changes or I get involved, I just can't say anything. Then I just have to do, I have to do, I have to, you know, I hope I don't have an encounter until we get things fixed. I hope I don't have an encounter with the cops. I hope I don't ever see a cop. I hope I don't have to have to call them for anything. It's, it's a shame that I have, uh, have had situations where I've been like, I really need to call the cops, but they're going to be more of a problem than if I just handle it myself. And the system is broken with the police because it's not that all cops are bad, which I get tired of having to say that a thousand times, but it's not that all cops are bad. There are actually some really great cops, maybe not necessarily ones we keep seeing playing basketball and pick up sticks and shit with black kids. That seems a little forced, but there are some people who like really are like dope ass cops who are white or black or whatever. But the system that they work under has never changed. They don't talk about, a lot of people don't understand, they have a very narrow view of reconstruction period. People have a very narrow view that at one point in time in this country, not only did our political parties flip-flop because of advantages that one party saw over the other, so they saw, well, let's go over here. That's how fucked up politics is, is it don't mean a thing. Because motherfuckers can believe all this shit and still say that they're this because they know this is where the populace is. The populace is over here and making games. So it's like the whole Trump thing. Like Trump, he became president. Why? Oh, he was a Democrat. He was independent. He's a Republican. Now he making America great again. Trump doesn't give a fuck about America. This nigga just wants to know what the secrets are and then and how he can... Because it's such a conflict of interest that you would let a man who runs business be the president of the United States because he's going to get information to access that's going to help advance business that makes it a conflict of interest. Also, he's never held a political office, but that's neither here nor there. So during the reconstruction period, not only did the political parties flip-flop, but then you also had this system that used to hunt slaves. And instead of creating a new system that didn't start under the foundation of hunting black people to return them as property to wherever the fuck they came from. They just go, oh, okay, now they're not going to be called slave hunters anymore. We're going to call them the police. Their foundation has never changed. The same bounty hunting white men who would round up slaves and kill them and return them is the police. Uh, hello. And now you think there's going to be justice for all? Start again. Yeah. Like- yeah control alt delete. Control alt delete. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, but it's like, I think the thing that that I see in like consciousness of people who don't want to admit this is that like, not only does it question the framework of what they understand society to be, but it questions the framework of what they understand their own position in society to be. And that starts challenging people's individual egos. And then once you get into that, that is what is what makes people blinded and resistant to being here for the collective. Because they're like, basically what they're saying is, you're telling me that my entire framework of reality was false. And it's like, yeah. And start to be okay with that. Start to recognize that you didn't have all the information. That's okay. Nobody's mad at you. But now here's the information that you need to start to understand so that we can all move forward together. And it's like, but people don't want to hear it. They don't want to be challenged because it's convenient for them to not have to challenge their belief system. So I'm so happy to hear you speak on this like that because that's just is what it is, whether you like it or not. Mediocrity reigns supreme, right? So here's the thing. You're black, right? The, uh, the amount of talent, I can't just be a funny comedian for me to get the work that I, I have to be exceptional. I have to be funnier than most comedians. Do you know how funny I am? Yeah, I do. I am funnier <laughs> than most men. I am so funny. And as funny as I am, there's still a cap to how far I can move and navigate without having to do a lot of grunt work myself because the industry is not just going to give me anything. You know how I many shows I've been up for? And then, oh, oh surprise, uh, there's some white girl hosting the show. So like, 
I have to be exceptional. And not that there are not mediocre black comics, because God knows there are. I've been on shows with them. But they're mostly men. <laughs> True. <laughs> Though the ones that that do that are rising are like also sometimes the ones that don't challenge either, right? So you see people that are like, I don't mind following so and so and so because they really a lot of motherfuckers don't want to follow me. A lot of people don't want to take put me on their shows. They don't want to have to come up and or compete with the energy that I got. It's just the facts. But a lot of white comics are able to be mediocre. Like when we there was a whole thing. I don't know if you're friends with him, so I, I'll just keep his name. There's a comic that's up. Uh, well, Crystal Lee. I'll just say it. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, did you see him? Da da da. Where and he's. A, I said the fact that Crystal Lee is even a thing shows you how mediocre white men have it. That is it. Okay, two things about that. Number one, to all the girls who were like, he was my okay, favorite. Okay, so I just opened up a thing for Stephanie because she just got so excited. No, because I'm like, that's exactly right. Number one, fucking, the girls were like, he was my favorite comic. I'm like, well, that was your first fucking mistake. You have bad taste. Second of all, the fact that he could rise to the top of his profession in the way that he did three specials in a row with the same fucking bad impression and stupid commentary and dumb child voice that he did just shows you how broken the system is that it supports the least thought-provoking bullshit. The fa- and it's all across the board. It's not just in comedy. It's all these white men who don't bring anything new to the table that succeeded. That should that should tell you everything that you need to know about the problem. They don't want you to shake them down. They don't want, because when, if everything becomes level, there's other things that can rise, right? Because right now we kind of get it, like we get a bad rep and no disrespect to Tyler Perry because I respect him as a businessman. And he's done his thing, but he shouldn't be the only representation of black, blackness. Not everything when it comes to black gotta be the BET awards, the hip hop and I fuck with BET and I love them. But what I'm saying is like the way this world is structured, it doesn't leave room for people like me. It leaves room for like either you're going to be super like black and whatever stereotype of black or you're going to be this like, oh, my God, God made a mistake because I'm really a white girl trapped in a black girl's body. Like there's no there's people in the middle who are like me to like. I'm just a per. Hello, like yeah, I'm black. I love being black, but that we have to talk about that all the time. And we also can talk about it in a range of things. And yes, I like fucking hip hop, but I also might like to listen to some fucking country. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Music is music. It, it doesn't give you space to just have that. I have a question that I want to ask you because it's very so retrograde, and I know that we have to get off soon. But I want to have a I want to have a, a referential. I'm going to have to do my sizzle tape just like this. I was trying to get my hair and shit together before it's 3.30, but it's fine. It's fine. We got to pause right now to share a word from our sponsor. We are so stoked that we continue to partner with Parsley Health. Parsley Health is a totally new approach to medicine that is designed to solve your most persistent health problems and heal your body from the inside out. It combines modern science-based primary care with a personalized holistic approach. We here at That's So Retrograde are huge fans. Elizabeth and I have both worked with them. Elizabeth, why don't you speak a little to your Parsley experience? Yeah, so I started off going there, I think, over a year ago. So it was when the whole IRL experience was still robust. So typically they'll meet with you in person and then you will also get assigned to a health coach. I did a stool test and a round of blood work to help kind of further look at what was going on with my body. And through that, we put together a health plan and I was able to just kind of like really get in there and also take full advantage of their online platform, which includes my favorite part, which is you get to meet with your doctor online. Yeah. And it's worth mentioning that 90% of Parsley's members improve their symptoms and 65% of them reduce their need for prescription drugs altogether within one year. And that's probably because of their advanced diagnostic testing that is looking at your body as a whole thing. Six out of 10 American adults are living with chronic conditions. And Parsley believes that it's able to reverse and prevent chronic disease through holistic medicine. And we here at That's a Retrograde also believe that to be true. I just really feel like this whole model is honestly the future 
of how we have a fully integrated way of taking care of ourselves. And I feel incredibly supported by their whole body approach that uses the best of conventional medicine with the best of holistic medicine to create this personalized health plan that focuses on not only nutrition, but exercise, sleep, stress management, and more. It puts me, puts my body, and how I feel at the center of experience. It's the future. So if this sounds like a game changer to you. Parsley Health is offering our listeners an exclusive offer of $150 off an annual membership by going to parsleyhealth.com and entering our code retrograde. That is P-A-R-S-L-E-Y health.com. Code retrograde, you'll get $150 off a year-long membership. I love it. You'll love it. Let us know, guys. Let us We're know. big, big fans. And uh, let's take it back to the show now. Let's. All right. So I know that you recently uh, got yourself involved with uh, a diva cup and I'm dying to hear the Yamanika Saunders take on diva cup. Did you see me? Did you, did you see me trolling you so hard on Instagram? I, I must've commented nine times on your diva cup post. I was like, we need the content. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I know. I went, I, it's so funny. I went into trying to get some oatmeal. I'm doing Noom now. And so now I got to take, do all this. Oh, counting and da, 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 da. Wait, what's Noom? It's uh this diet. It's like a, a, a diet weight loss coach. Okay. Yeah. And so I've gained some weight, even though I'm like, I'm working out. So my trainer's like, well, it might be muscle. And I'm like, I don't know. Cause that scale looks like it don't say nothing about muscle. So <laughs> yeah. um, we are, today is the first day. Although I've started prior today, the first day of just like clean eating, da, 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 da. I had to uninstall Uber Eats, you know, no more junk food. So that's yeah. where I am. But um, the Diva Cup, you know, I have to actually get a smaller one because <laughs> <laughs> humble brag. What? <laughs> Everybody keeps saying that, but I'm. I want people to understand. Is <laughs> it's not even. I'm not even trying to. I'm less, I'm because because if you don't like the one I have is very uncomfortable. It, it pushes. It, yeah, it like it's so uncomfortable, and trying to get it up in there is like a chore, you know. Yeah. And I and I feel like. And then trying to get it down, like, it's too much. So I have to go down a smaller size. Erica Chitty recommended um, coconut oil for insertion and removal if you're having that trouble. I have coconut oil. You know, I had ordered this on um, the, the Target app where they, the ship, you know, ship comes to your house. And so I ordered that in lube. And I was like, God, this guy must be like, what is this girl into? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's Some been a long stuff. pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> but I ordered the loom so I could get it up in there. But I actually, you know, it's it's so funny because I'm I'm you know I'm cleaning my house now. I'm all about organization, and I had just gotten all my tampons organized, like you know, super super plus light lightweight light, regular. You know, I just did this whole thing. And now I'm like, I got to donate all these tampons because I'm not going to use them. Yep, yep. I'm like, I'm not going to use them. It was my first time. It was not a problem at all. So, you know, I, I enjoyed it. And I was like, man, I should have been doing this a long time ago. I saw you boiling it in your kitchen and you put it on a plate. And I was like, what is this bitch doing? <laughs> I was like, the Wait, well, it didn't try me yet. No, trust me. I know people are like, I'm never going to eat at her house. I realized <laughs> I had to boil it. I was like, oh, there's another step. Because I'm the type of person, I'm the type of kid when I was growing up, Christmas time, anything I got, I tore it open and I instantly started playing with it. I didn't read the directions. I didn't figure out how to put it together. Yeah. Like my grandfather got me a 12-speed a, a bike and he said, because I got, you know, we had ages for everything. I think it was like eight or nine. No, I remember 10. Number eight or nine or ten, when I got to drive the lawnmower, that was like a big deal. So that, yeah. And that, you know, that was a hustle to try to get you to mow the lawn because you get to be in the room. <laughs> oh, I got my car keys. We like, girl, you ain't going to wear Then you get, you didn't get your 12 speed until you were like uh, 13 or something like that. And I, so he get, gave me my 12 speed early. He wasn't going to put it together though because he was giving it to me early that I had to put it together. And so, 
I kept sucking up the brakes. I fucked this 12 speed up so bad. He had to buy me another one because like I had put the thing wrong and I was riding for a while and not, I was going in this one hill. I couldn't get it. And I want to, um, skidding my knee. It was the first time I had seen, uh, the white of my skid. You know, when you skid to the white <laughs> a part of the meat yeah, and then it takes a minute for it to like pull in color and then pull out blood. And it was like, I had tore myself up so hard. So he was like, he got me another one. And then he put that one together because I had fucked up. <laughs> but, you know, I'm the type of person, I just don't read directions. So I was like, I saw one video on like a fold on how to fold that cup. And that fold was wrong. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's like, there's a C fold. There's a S fold and there's like a seven fold. I just, I just fold it in half. Yeah, that's, that's the C fold. C fold. That's what I do. This is one, oh, is it called the S fold? There's one where you, you like make it a cup. You like, um, you pinch down and then the, so the other little parts come in together. Like, oh, oh, so it goes like down, like an accordion type thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it causes the other fold to kind of scoop up like this. So it's almost like you ever see one of those, um, when you get jelly beans out of the thing and you get a scooper, it becomes almost like a scooper like that. Okay. So, get, <laughs> so that was wrong. I, just, I, I thought, I said, oh, oh, it's called the pinch down method. I was like, oh, I'm pinched down. <laughs> and then I would try to do the seven, but then the seven, when you, you fold it down, it looks like a number seven. It kept flipping up. So I want to, uh, like, I get it right there. They'd be like, please. And I was like, oh my God. So. The trials and tribulations of a diva cup, which can in fact be quite the diva <laughs> <laughs> when trying to acquaint yourself. Yeah, she's a difficult bitch. <laughs> she's a difficult one. <laughs> she is quite the diva. <laughs> That's so funny. You gotta write that down. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, I, we when we first learned what the diva cup was, it, the whole bit was like she's like Mariah Carey and her rider, like trying to get like specific flowers in her dressing room. The whole thing. I was like so thrown off by the name. The diva cup. I have so much apparatus. I got. The vulva cream. I got the cleansing cream. I got those vagina suppositories. I got all these things. I'm like, why did I get all this? I just went on a vagina shopping spree. I was like, oh, she needs that. And this, I don't think I need any of those things. Listen, self-love starts with what you put in your vagina. That's what I've always said. (laughs) (laughs) But none of us FDA approved. Oh my God. No, you need coconut oil. That's a good call because that'll keep the pH balanced and you won't be adding any chemicals. Yeah, yeah. No, I got a, I got my coconut oil on, on tap. I forgot I had a big thing. Of, I have so many coconut oils from Costco. I keep going to Costco going, oh my God, I need coconut oil. And then I come back home and I'm like, oh, I, got, I already got coconut oil. They haven't opened. You better start fucking. Well, it's going to be hard this pandemic, you know? I need some time. I'm not just going to jump back into something because... Uh, you know, every relationship, every person I'm in a relationship with, they mean something to me and, and they're not replaceable people. So it's going to take me a little time, but I'm doing, I'm fine. Cause I'm not like, I'm getting my, my life together and myself together. And I'm, you know, I, I this pandemic kind of hit me. Like, you know, you're in the house all the time. I did see the, I did I was like, Oh, I'm not going to gain weight. I gained weight. You know, there's things I need to auto correct. And uh, I'm just excited about it. You are glowing. I have to say your spirit is so bright. So something that you're doing is working for you. So keep it up. Certainly. And one day we can't wait for it to finally happen for you to join us for a live. That's so retrograde. I know we've we've tried to have you join us in New York a few times. I'm saying it here on the mic. It will happen. Yes. I know. And and we got to pray really hard because I think each time it was something that came up TV related and I just couldn't stay because I'll cancel any anything to do the thing for you guys. Like shows, I'll be like, I can't do it. So we got to, I, I look forward to it. I know you guys had such an amazing time and I wanted to be there. 2021 will be our year, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I saw the crystals. Remember the crystals you gave me? Mm-hmm. I got them in a drawer. I was putting out my drawer. I was like, oh my God, I thought I lost them. They're still in a little bag and everything. Got to take them out. From when you guys were in Sedona? Yeah. 
That was like one of my favorite standout moments of all of Funny Girls. Um, your the cute best. little buddy buddy road trip to and the aura pick yeah. and the whole thing. Nobody was telling us to be, you know, we all did our thing, but it was like, you know, I think the freedom of that was like, you guys are just going on a trip and let's see where it's going. You know, a lot of, and Steph will tell you because, you know, I'm, I'm super Christian. So I'm like, you know, you know, Steph like, I'm like, I don't know about that. And, you know, she I literally thought crystals were like the antichrist. She's like, if I go to this crystal shop, is Jesus going to like strike down and kill me? And I was like, they're unrelated. <laughs> if anything, Jesus probably had a lot of crystals. I have to say. I walked in like, <laughs> I didn't want to go to this bed. And how did you feel when you left? Oh, I felt great. No, no, no. Steph walked me around. And then that lady helped us too. Remember that lady helping us? I think, you know, she was doing a lot. It was, it was great. And then I think we had the crystal experience right after we had had our aura read. No, it was before. And then we had our auras read. And then we went to like a different shop because the crystal shop was us just like stopping on the side of the road. I just like forced us to do that. And then the camera crew was like, okay, we'll do that. But I was like, I need to buy some crystals. <laughs> like that was a purely oh, yeah, like yeah, selfish. Right. That was not plot driven. That was no, like- I now <laughs> I, I remember that because I kept saying, wait, I ain't got to go in there with a door. That's where the apparatus Because <laughs> it caught me off guard. You know, I didn't want, I was like, I can't, I, the whole time I was like, I can't go, I can't go in there. I don't know what they doing in there. I don't know what kind of witchery and stuff is going on in there. I can't be bothered with it. But I- but I'm cured. I'm cured of that. I think I that friend. what was more interesting was when we went to the Christ, when we went to the energy healer guy and that really opened up your field and you had like a really vulnerable experience because that's what happens. Like when you go to these healers, it takes your guard down and it makes you look at certain aspects of yourself that are kind of hidden in your psyche. And I thought that you being open to that and really revealing that yourself to, to you in that way was like really beautiful and spoke to the convergence of spirituality and religion and how they're not really separate entities as like, you know, we've been kind of conditioned to think of things. Because religion is another thing that keeps us fucking divided. That's 100% true. Yeah. And the population of it to keep people, I guess, ignorant sometimes. Mm -hmm. And the more that you separate people and turn people into enemies of each other, the more control that a power can have. And so- we're just a little microcosm of the world's healing and <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it too. I'm so, I'm so thankful that I had this, uh, cause I should have been gone, but you guys are so awesome. And I really appreciate this time and, and, and of uh, the respect you allowed, you gave me to, to speak, you know, my mind and, you know, I don't take that for granted because I think in a space where people, I understand what black people like, just listen to me, what I say, what I, but you still have to respect people that they can do that. So uh, that, you know, I'm very honored and grateful and thankful that you guys allowed me to speak freely. So that means a lot to me. Thank you. Likewise. We're honored that you were on the show today to do that. I know you mentioned you have a podcast where can our listeners tune in? It's called Rant and Raven. <laughs> There's a lot. I like it. Where did you get that from? <laughs> <laughs> Rant and Raven with Yamini Game Friends. You can get it on Spotify and iTunes. And it's been going on cool. for a long time. I always tell people it, is a, it, it can be very political. You know, it's, it's my one opportunity to be away from stand-up. Although there, it's very funny. I always tell people, if you want to listen for the first time, the best episode to start with, just to get a feel, is the macaroni and cheese episode. It's one of our highest rated episodes. It's our funniest episode. The episode I love the most, but it encompasses all these great things. And you get an opportunity to hear Chloe Hillier, who was on the podcast with me at the time, who used to be my co-host, and Rosebud Baker is on that episode as well. Thanks, Yum. Love you. Thank you so much. I'll see you guys soon. Can't wait. Bye, Mama. Okay, so RNT. Yeah, you know me. I, again, thorns, you know, we're just not going there because they're obvious. I have a thorn. 
society. (laughs) (laughs) Too much? Too soon? I deleted Instagram yesterday. We'll be back, you know, in honor of the the TSR digital detox, which I believe is is ending by the time this this episode uh, comes out. However, want to hear from you guys? Shoot us an email, hi at that's so retrograde dot com. We want to hear how it went for those who did it and maybe might be looking to some supportive reading or those considering how is technology affecting my psyche. I would like to um, point everyone to the teachings of a gentleman named Jared Lanier, Lanier, not sure. Um, he is a futurist and, which I love that as a, a job description. What's a futurist? What a cool Somebody job who philosophizes on the future. And That's so cool. <laughs> this will help. If you so what I did is I deleted the app and then immediately did a deep dive on this gentleman's work on via YouTube and there it is 10 arguments for deleting your social media he's got a ton of content out there of interviews in which he talks about the current social media structure and how we're all sheep because of it really saying some deep truths that I think a lot of people are too afraid to speak about So if you want anything to support your thoughts around, hey, maybe I should cut back or cut down or delete it in full, this is the futurist for you. It's some good work. Uh, Question, do you know of any other futurists? Uh, BRV, that'll be my my next deep dive with all this uh, new time I have. Sure, sure, sure. Yes, Elizabeth Cott. Futurist curiosity is coming in to the fold. His book, Unhold. Through this is my so he's my rose, Jer, sweet Jared is my rose, and then my second rose is I'm not sure I've mentioned this on the show. There's an app that I use called the Libby app, and it is a library app that I keep on my iPad. I could be the last one to the party of this, or or I might be introducing it to you the, for the first time. Either way, it deserves all of the roses. So it's an app that connects to your local library and you can apply for a digital book or a digital library card just through the app. It like guides you through. So you don't even need to show up to your actual library. And then you then have, I now have access to everything that the Los Angeles Public Library library, library has Um, through this app. It is my like HBIC for all of quarantine. You can put books on hold. They have audiobooks. They have magazines. I mean, they have everything your library would have coming right to your tablet. It is worthy of all the bouquets. I love that so much. I'm personally a, a hard, a hard I know. book reader, but I love the app. It's incredible. And they, they have like all these different, like a social justice and activism curation, an LBGTQ plus curation, mindfulness and meditation curation, what's just been added. It's really like I'm going to the library, but I'm actually uh, under my gravity blanket uh, hiding from the world. Although I do miss libraries, I must say. I do, but like, I don't know about like the whole library experience IRL until 2021. Any IRL experiences till 21. And with that being said, library is definitely not at the top of my can't wait to get there list, but. But what about the library? You know, that's a different place and that sounds delicious. (laughs) How about you? What are some roses? All right. My roses have all to do with coziness. The cozy roundup 2020. So I've discovered a few cozy and sustainable brands. They're all, they sell out so quickly. So you like, I know it's annoying to get on their like update list, but it's worth it if you're interested in getting the sets. Shouting out a few brands. First of all, ARC, A-R-Q. They make these like high-waisted, full-bottom underwear. And then they that come in sets with either like a, like just like a regular kind of, not sports bra, but just like cotton bra situation mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. a tank top. It's the most comfortable thing. I have two sets. It aggravates me that there are more than two days in the week because that means I have to wash this shit. I've actually worn the underwear and the bra at times during the core for up to 48, if not 60 hours at a time. I don't care. I'm alone. No need to change my clothes. 
Um, another company that I love, I got these really cute little underwear from Negative Underwear. Then there's another company called Mate the Label. There's Girlfriend. There's Industry of All Nations. And there's Cotton, K-O-T-N. Literally not sponsored, but open to it. And also, thank you for creating clothing that is uh, the type of clothing that you want to wear when nobody is around. Because I just was like putting pants on, even yoga pants. I'm like, I don't, who am I kidding? I've taken, and you've seen how Joey and I look, like you've caught, you've caught glimpses. We are at summer camp. There's no sign of stopping. I went out into the world and I realized I guess this is just a new energy. You look like you're a camp. I think this is an accomplishment. I feel like when I was a counselor and I would like end up having my day off and going into the real world and feeling really like I don't fit. That's how I that's how I feel when I go to the post office. Well, I have like 12 pairs of jeans folded on my floor downstairs and I'm just like having real conversations with them every day. I'm like, are we going to get back into a relationship or am I going to sell you and just be done with you? Like how many pairs of jeans does someone really need? The answer is one to 100. It depends. Well, I have somewhere in between and I just want them (laughs) all to, I just want them all to turn into soft cotton pants. So I'm giving you my underwear set hacks. If you guys have any like high waisted, like fitted yet sleek cotton recommendations, come at me. Yeah, we're going to aggregate. This is our social justice work. Yeah, my social justice project is being comfortable. In a world that's wildly uncomfortable, nobody needs a denim mark suffocating their pandemic weight gain. Thanks. Ugh. True, 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 true. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. What a great show. Loved it. We really covered all the bases on this show. I think so. Per usual. Guys, we want to hear from you truly. How did the detox go? Are you shifted? Um, anyway, guys, we will be back next week. New apps. Can't wait. I'm Elizabeth Cott. I'm Stephanie Simbari. Namaste listening. Bye. Yes, that's a retrograde.